This is Peak Too Early, presented by SAV Racing, featuring Mike Gendron, Trent Fontanella, and Steve Gendron. Hey everyone, and welcome back to the greatest running podcast in the world, Peak Too Early. I am one of your hosts, Steve Jenner, and I'm joined by Mike Jenner, who's somewhere off the coast of Massachusetts. Mike, good morning. How you doing? Good morning. It's one of those uh, rare coffee podcasts instead of Miller Lite podcasts. Uh, I'm good, Steve. Yesterday, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a little sore. Got a good workout in yesterday. Went to uh, went to one of them trampoline parks. You ever been to one of these trampoline parks, Steve, with the kids? I have. Okay, so we had a hell of a time. Me, me and the little guy were crushing it. Uh, but have when you were there, did you experience any of? Let me put it this way: If you're a father with there with your children, and you are putting in more effort than any of the thousands of kids that are running around this place, I have an issue with that. Now, I'm I'm not saying. I got no problem with you living in your glory days for like, let's let's call it two to three consecutive bounces. If you want to go out there and you want to like just get after it for a couple bounces, do something cool. If you're running around bouncing off of walls, like trying to do like backflips, like doing like, you know, swan dives into the foam pits around all these children in your cargo pants. I'm starting to worry about you a little bit. And that was that was my experience at this at this trampoline place. Couple questions, because I have a lot of thoughts. Was this a birthday party situation or are you just doing an afternoon outing? It, it was a free for all, it, it toddler time. So two hours and it's supposed to be all all toddlers. It was all toddlers and this one middle aged man banging out backflips. So I, I've I've been I I've been one time and um I went I had a free afternoon right and I took my oldest uh who's I mean he's he's three right but I I kept him out of daycare I was like I got a free afternoon you know we're gonna spend some one on one time hang out and we went to one and we were literally the only people there which was awesome so we went oh, in the middle okay. of the day that- on a Friday and I <clears throat> my thoughts on this was like we I mean we had the we had the run of the place. It was, it was great. We had a, we had a blast. Um, and, but I left there being like, I don't think there's anywhere else. I don't think, I don't want to be anywhere near this place on a Saturday or Sunday afternoon yeah. was my thoughts. Like I, I do not. Cause like having the place to yourself, not having a lot of people there, we had a blast, but I can imagine when that place was rocking and rolling on a weekend, it being hell on earth. I mean, there was, there had to be close to a hundred kids in in this yeah. place. I, I mean, it was, I couldn't deal with that. Yeah. And so that's a different scenario, Steve, if you got the run of the place and you want to like get after a little bit and go try and dunk the basketball a few times, I- I'm all here for that. My scenario yeah. is quite different. You got a hundred. No, you can't, you can't, you can't, you know, get, get your jumps in, you know, get the, get yeah. one three sixty windmill dunk. And then you gotta, <laughs> you gotta, you gotta sit the next couple rounds out. I shouldn't see you buzzing by me 
more than any other kid. I, I was seeing, I mean, granted, I get it, and he's larger. I was seeing this guy all day long, just zipping around me. I, now, did you did you get going at all on the treadmill on, on on the treadmill on the trampolines? Like you know the big sections with like the squares, and you can kind of hop from square to square. Did yeah. you get going on that at all? I gave myself the opportunity to really, really give a Let go for like a ten second period. Right? It's like, all right, here we go. Have your fun, and then back to being a normal person. I I didn't want to stick out for one second. I didn't want anybody thinking oh wow this guy this guy's really this guy's really getting after it so that, that was my goal is to just you know be as in, inconspicuous as possible but i did get my like 10 seconds of of uh childhood uh reminiscent you know getting after it so if you don't have like i mean i this was the first time i'd ever been to one and you get going and i had we had to run of the place so JJ was having fun. We were running. He was running around, jumping around, and I was letting it loose a couple times, jumping from square to square. But it's a workout. First off, you you know you're getting a decent workout out oh, there. Yeah. But if you don't get the right launch angle on the treadmill and you're in midair, because those things launch you pretty high, and there's just metal poles in between all the tread. Uh, and <laughs> keep saying treadmill. I know you keep metal- saying treadmill. There, there's metal poles in between all of the the trampolines, and if you get the wrong launch angle and you're coming down and they have pads on them, right? But the pads don't do very much. But you'd be in midair and you'd be like, oh no, I'm coming down on this pole. And you got to brace yourself for landing on the pole. That happened to me like four times. I'm pretty sure it it, it contributed to my running injury right now. <laughs> yeah, probably. The, the other thing I'll say too, maybe this is a product of how many kids were there, but there, I mean, there's a, like one little girl, barely three, and they have like these balance beams. I mean, she was like buzzing across the balance beams. You jump off the balance beams. You grab onto this like swing thing. She's like swinging. She's doing like 360. I was like, oh my God, if I tried to do that, I would be dead. And you got these kids who are like semi-pro athletes just like at three years old doing all this crazy stuff. I swear to God, if you want to like start to to build a – a, a team of pro athletes in your house, Steve. I think a place like this is the, the place to do it because I think it's like you see all these kids doing crazy stuff. You start getting the confidence to do all these wild things. The next thing you know, you're like swinging off doing backflips at the age of three. So I, I do think that that is a plus of, uh, of bringing your kid there. But as a parent, to your point, on a Sunday afternoon during toddler time, it is not a, it's not a not stressful situation. <laughs> Well, I got the boys as of last week, Mike. I mean, my boys are two and three, about to be three and four. I want to get them into something to, you know, start building body awareness, start building them as athletes if they want to. I'm not going to push them towards anything that they don't want to, but I want to give them the foundation if they so choose to be athletes. Got them into gymnastics last week. That is a great climbing move. Off of, climbing stuff, jumping off of stuff, rolling around. So, you know, we're building, we're building the, you know, future athletes of America here. Beautiful. Beautiful. So, anyways, it was a big race this weekend. And it's the reason why we're firing up the mics super early this morning because we don't want to wait too long. We want to get a reaction pod out. I don't know how long this is going to be. We have until our kids wake up. I know Mike already had a scare where he heard crying from the other room. I think I got about 30, 40 minutes before one of my kids comes down the stairs and I got to make breakfast. So, we're going to get this out. You know, we're going to try to be as efficient as possible. 
Um, but we want to get some, uh, some takes off. Um, and before we dive into the race, I do want to talk about my rant on uh, Instagram mm. during the race. And every single time I go into one of these big marathons, I'm at the point where I'm like, all right, the the bashing on the coverage and the bashing on, you know, just how the sport is presented, it's kind of old, right? It, I mean, you go on Twitter, every running nerd is bashing the coverage. And so I, I, I'm at the point right now where I actively go into these marathons trying to find the good in it, right? Trying to find what I like about it because it's so easy to be like, this race sucks. You know, they're not, they're not giving me enough coverage. You know, they're not, you're, they keep cutting away from the runners. And it took me 30 seconds before I started ranting, before I started ranting online. Now, the first was, I don't know why it didn't dawn on me until I had to fire it up. But I think it was because I had a free trial of Peacock for a long time. But logging in and realizing that I would have to sign up for a paid membership to watch this race just kind of set me off. Like, and I, I said it. I said it on. I said it on Instagram. I said it when I was when I was ranting about it. I understand why the athletes petitioned to move this race up to ten o'clock. And I think even on this podcast, we may have even defended that move. But then thinking thinking about it, it's 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 one of these things where you have the better time slot, you have uh, better TV coverage. It was going to be live on on network television um, in a much better time slot, and by pushing it up, you take it off live coverage on network TV and you put it on a live streaming platform. And I was really frustrated because I had to pay at the time, and I was actually I was. I was probably coming at athletes a little too hard, but I was just like, you can't have it both ways. You can't say we need more eyeballs on the sport. We need more attention. And then you go and actively push it to a more difficult way and a more, more difficult time to watch. So that had me all fired up at the time. So is that, I, I guess I don't fully understand the correlation between moving it up and having to go to Peacock. Why, so it why was, those it was on NBC. They had the time slot on NBC at 12 o'clock. The athletes petitioned to move it up. It, they, you know, everybody kind of bent. They, they, it's not changing the time slot, not changing the weekend time slot on NBC. So when NBC said, okay, we'll broadcast it live on Peacock and we'll have, uh, we'll just, we'll play the replay at 12 o'clock as if it's live. But if you wanted to watch it live, you got to then go to the streaming platform because this was supposed to be at 12 o'clock. I see. And was the petition to push it up? Rem remind me, was it for like conditions, conditions. for the athletes? Okay. So, All right. Yeah. I mean, so w during the race, I, I spent a, a solid two to three minutes trying to fire up Mikey track talks on Twitter and when I was having trouble figuring out what my login was, I gave up quickly. But Mikey Track Talks was was all fired up on Twitter. What I would have said is, oh, I think this is a good move because historically, paywalls in track and fields have just gone really well and been really successful <laughs> products. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, it sucks because I, I don't want to – push the peacock thing too much because i feel like especially now where like it's mainstream and the football games are on peacock right now everyone hates peacock everyone it's like are you serious you're gonna you're 
Because it's one thing when you put like a football game on Amazon Prime, it's like, well, everybody on the planet has Amazon Prime. So we can't actually get that mad about it. We can pretend to be mad, but we can't actually get that mad. Who has Peacock? Nobody has Peacock. So it, I, I luckily I was like, what am I doing here? And, and I was able to steal a login and get in. And But if I had to like sign up for a subscription to Peacock just to watch this race, I might have just been, all right, I guess I'm watching this at 12. I, I, I don't know. I'm not really sure what I would have done. Um, but, yeah, it, it this is should be one of the marquee events for distance running. And we are making it more difficult for people to watch it. I mean, that's been a common theme since the day we fired up the microphones is we can't make it more difficult for people to watch these big events. Um, now, I will say, Per usual, with the, I think we felt this way last time. I thought the actual coverage. I think the the running ticker on the side. I think uh, I thought the it was ticker was good. good. Yeah, the ticker has sucked in the past. Yeah, I thought it was pretty good. One last rant about the coverage. Yep. <laughs> One last rant, and it, and it goes back. I'm putting this one on NBC. I'm putting it on Peacock. If you pay for a stream of the race, you should get a stream of the race. Not only did we not get a stream of the race, we got bombarded with commercials. We got bombarded with commercials every five minutes. So That's you couldn't true. Have, you couldn't have more than five minutes of coverage before it cuts a commercial. And then on that, one of my friends pointed out, every freaking commercial is about Peacock. So... I'm paying for Peacock and I'm being advertised to buy Peacock to pay for Peacock. What is going on? That is it was ridiculous. You couldn't get, you couldn't get, I'm not kidding you. Like I was timing it. You couldn't get more than five minutes of consistent coverage without a commercial, a Peacock commercial while I'm already paid to watch this on Peacock. So it was, it was nuts. That's, that's great. And uh, we'll get into this more. I have some notes on it. There were some incredible moments when they cut back to commercial because they used the moments back coming back from commercial to highlight something, to show something in slow motion, to talk about something that, you know, whatever they maybe didn't get to cover. And there were some pretty funny moments of the things that they decided to like key on and, and, and highlight and, and throw in slow motion. So it's a little, it's a little teaser for the business. Um, for the most part, Steve, I thought the, the commentating was fine. There was a couple moments where I was like, what are we doing here? But like, I I can also get that you have to fill, you know, three hours. Well, whatever, minus all the commercials, three hours worth of an event that there's not, it's not action packed, right? It's not like you have a billion things to call and a million plays and, and highlights. But every other and sport like does that. it. Baseball does it. Golf does it. Yeah. I mean, like, but at I, least in those, it's like you have individual plays happening that's fair. In, in the moment, right? So I understand that you have to like push it a little bit and, and uh, you know, I guess like make a little fluff. But for whatever reason, this quote stuck with me. I forget who the commentator was saying it, but they were, <laughs> it was like early in the race. And she kept talking about how strong these women Eric looked. Belcher. Yeah, it must have been Kara Goucher. How strong these women looked up front. 
they just look so strong. They look great. I look up and I'm like, how far into this race are we? It was like 2.8 miles into the race. And we spent like five minutes talking about how strong it's like, yeah, I look strong at 2.8 miles and everybody in the world looks strong at 2.8 miles. So it was just like, I get it. I, like, I'm not trying to go too deep into this, but it's like, everybody looks good. And th that's not an indication of anything when you're watching a marathon, what you look at. In fact, I, I don't even, I don't even want to see you. I don't want to know about what you're doing at three miles into the race because you should be just chilling and, and enjoying yourself and, and setting yourself up. So yeah, that was that was my one small critique, but at the same time, I I I get it. Yeah, no, I, I there was definitely those moments, but I think in general, I think it was a it was it was fine. I think Kara does a good job. I think she's she's growing into a a, a pretty good ambassador. Oh, I mean, she's she's always been a great ambassador for the sport, but growing into a pretty good commentator on the sport. So I, I think keep 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 running her out there for all these big races. I'm sure we'll hear from her quite a bit as we approach the Olympics. So. Um, but let's, let's dive into, because we're, we're, we got a ticking time bomb just, uh, just in the, in the room over for, for both of us. Let's, let's dive into a little bit of, uh, of actual racing here and let's start, let's start with the, I think something that we haven't talked about this, but I think we're both going to have some takes on. Let's talk about the Mance young finish and what went down there. So just for, for the listeners, if you're not familiar, um, uh, Connor Mance, Clayton Young, uh, former teammates at BYU, they're training partners, they're, they're friends. They ran the whole race together and, um, you know, they, you know, one, two coming into the finish, they didn't really fight for the finish. And, um, uh, Clayton Young kind of just let Mance have, have the win. Um, I got some thoughts, Mike, what do you got? Yeah. So, I mean, we could do 20 minutes on Mance and Young if we want to. There, there's a lot there, right? I mean, they were the whole race, right? So there, there's a lot to talk about, specifically the finish. So I was thinking about this, and it was clear that once they separated, right, when they it was just the two of them, and they knew they were going to the Olympics, and all they had to do was finish it out. It was clear there was a mutual agreement, right, that nobody was going to try and, you know, do something crazy and, and you know, make a, a big final push to, to they were gonna they were gonna finish this thing together. Um which I I think I'm fine with because that's a pretty I'm fine cool with them. I'm, I'm fine with them. I mean, they're teammates, they're friends. I mean, they've been yeah. together, running together since, since college. So I'm fine with them, like working together and being like, we're, we're, we're rolling. Let's, let's work together. So like, I got no problem with that. Yeah. Go ahead, continue. And, and I have no problem with them deciding to go to the finish line together too. And I, I know there's another element to this, but like, you know, again, like probably the biggest moment of your life, and you're like getting to share it with your best. I mean, see, we've gotten across a couple finish lines together, and it's it's a it's a pretty cool moment. Uh so that I'm cool with. And then at first, all right, hear me out on this. At first, when I saw the Clayton Young step back and hand Mance the the actual win, I think I would have preferred if they just came across the line together. But my first thought was kind of like, ooh, that was that was weird. And I was thinking about it a little bit, okay? 
I think it tells me something about Connor Mance because he is the better runner of the two, right? So I think if they decided to go showdown, that they would, he he probably would have won. Although Clayton Young did look really strong, but he's he's the better of the two, and I think in that moment, you know, generally the better runner would be the one giving the other person the win, right? To say, hey, listen, you know, I, I get these all the time. You you go have your moment. I don't know how they came to this determination. I don't know if they talked through it. I don't know if, but Clayton was pretty quick to say, you know, hey, listen, I'm going to give it to you. When I think the role should have been reversed, right? Like Connor Mance should have been the one giving Clayton Young the big moment and to me, it looked like maybe it didn't get brought up. Maybe he wasn't willing to do it, but he was very willing to take that. I think Connor Mance is a uh, is a winner. I I think he he doesn't like to lose, and however that conversation goes, maybe he just was like, no, "I'm not I'm not even gonna bring it up. We'll see what Clayton says, but I'm not gonna bring it up." And he looked very happy to take that win. Uh, so I think it tells me a little bit something about Connor Mance. Now, I don't think that's the direction you were going to go with this, but from Mance's perspective, I I think it was a win for him. I think it was a a uh something I'm I'm keeping my eye on when it comes to Connor Mance. I think he's more of a killer than than we think. Oh, I definitely think so. And I think heading into that last mile, uh Clayton Young was in a much better spot than Connor Mance. Yeah. I think that if Clayton Young had turned it on down the home stretch or in the last mile, last half mile, I think I think Clayton uh, I think Clayton Young takes that and I think Connor Mance was, you know, I I think he was going to easily get on the podium, easily second, but I think he was struggling a little bit. Yeah, but and doesn't, I think he kinda, he was, doesn't he kind of doesn't he kind of always was, look like that? He does, but I think he was he he you're right, he does. And that was my first instinct was like this is a this is a this is Clayton Young's showing respect for Connor Mance as a better runner, and if he wanted to, he could have stuck it to me in the last couple miles. But the more I watch, the more I go back, I feel like I feel like Mance was laboring a little bit. And and there was even an interview where Clayton Young said they were talking after the race, and Connor Mance was like, "I was just trying to get to the finish," and and Clayton Young said, "I was trying to soak up the last mile." So yeah. I don't know, man, but. I want to get to my original point on this where I hated this. And I, and when they were talking about potentially on the broadcast, potentially crossing the line together, I wanted to like puke, right? Because at the end of the day, Mike, this is a U.S. championships, right? This is a championship race. It's a $15,000 swing between first and second. Never mind the bonuses that probably come along with being a USA champion from your sponsor, like this is a big deal, and I love that there's team racing out there. I think that is that's that's important and it's valuable. And I'm not saying that these guys shouldn't be working together, but when you get into that last mile, it should be all bets are off, or even even to the last even to the home stretch, right? If you guys if you need to work together, you know, through 26 miles, you want to get to the last quarter mile, you know, together. Like I I support that, but you gotta somebody's gotta fight to the finish. Right. I want to see a winner out there. I don't want to see 
team racing into the finish because we've all been on teams before. And I was actually just talking to somebody about this earlier or, or last week. You, It's kind of this interesting dynamic you have with your teammates, your cross-country teammates, your track teammates, where they're on a good team, on a team where the there's the, the, a strong team connection there. There's a there's a bond of like this is my teammate. We work together. We work together in races. We work together in workouts. But you also you also gotta in order for it to be successful, there also has to be a streak of competitiveness between you and your teammates in races and in workouts. There has to be a little bit of I want to beat this guy, and there's got to be a little bit of fear of this guy might beat me. So, anyways, I just I wasn't a huge fan of the finish. I wish we could have seen a fight to the finish. And if it was any other athlete, there would have been, but it was these two guys that are, are friends and teammates and, and, you know, they, you know, you know, played patty cake down the, down the finish line there. <laughs> so, um, I, I don't, I don't love that. That being said, Connor Mance, friend of the program, super happy for him. Um, he is, he's taking, he's taking the, the, you know, he's carrying the flag for the, being the, the top marathoner, kind of going forward, I think. I think he's this was a passing of the torch from Rupp to yeah. Mance for um like the most prolific US marathoner. Uh and the one that everybody's gonna be looking at for a long time. And the thing about Mance is he jumped to the marathon young. So he's gonna be doing this for a very long time. And I'm excited for it. Yeah, hundred percent. I agree. You, you this felt like the a big time changing of the guard, right? Like not even just Rupp, but some of the other names that we've been used to hearing over the last whatever decade, the Fobble and did Fobble, did Fobble run to DNF? Oh yeah. yeah. I, I knew that. I just, yeah. yeah. No, you're right. And, um, you know, I, 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 I agree. Um, this was a, this was a big changeover. Um, you know, um, you know, uh, Leonard Career. I mean, he he he's he's been in the mix for for quite a while. So, but I think it's kind of a nice um, story of him just missing out on the team. Uh, you know, last trials and then kind of getting that that last spot is pretty cool. Um, that I was a say super cool story because when he missed it at the last one, it was by like seconds, right? Yeah. Like it was like down to the home stretch. So that's yeah, that's a that's a very feel good story. And he had it with like two miles to go a ton of work to do a yeah. ton of work to do i mean that was a badass finish there that he was able to to reel that in so you, you kind of get this nice blend of like two young guns that are, are going to lead the um men's uh marathoning for a long time in the u.s and then a little bit of experience in there um so i think we're sending a pretty solid team to paris um by the you way, know, it, I, I, I knew Fobble DNF. I was just trying to take a shot. Uh, at him. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, uh, kind of going down the list here, watching um, somebody we've become uh, somewhat friendly with uh, in a f- friend of the program, CJ Albertson, you know, see, cause he's, I think if you, if you told me that he'd be fifth at the trials just a few years ago, I'd be like, that was a huge jump for him. And it's been, he he's made a huge jump over the past couple of years and his training's been intense and um, you know, father of two and just kind of, you know, doing it his way without necessarily like a huge training group. He's just, if you follow him on Strava, his workouts are absolutely mind blowing so to see where he's kind of come from over the past couple of years. And like I said, have a little bit of like, you know, know him a little bit 
it's been uh it, it was uh it was heartbreaking to watch him motor down the the finish line just kind of watching that third place tick away because he's you know he's in the frame and there's nothing he can do there's a there's a there's a big gap there but just watching him motor down the finish line being like you know happy for him that he's finishing fifth but at the same time being like man you're that close to 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 getting that olympic ring tattoo um so it, it, it uh you know i think it's he has a lot to be proud of um but it would have been really cool to see him on that on that podium what, what do you make of him taking a bit of a different approach every marathon we've seen him run he's out there in front he's leading the pace he's setting the pace he it's needed to he... he needed to be smarter yeah. i think he i think he I think when he does that at Boston, he doesn't, he has every intention of running a, a great race and he wants to, and he, it might be his, might be his, his strategy to, it might be his strategy to get the best possible time for himself. But I don't think when he does it, he has any, I don't think he has much hope of winning when he does. It. I think he's hoping for like a top 10. Sure. I don't think he, I don't think when he's, when he's leading at mile 10, I don't think he thinks he's going to, he's going to necessarily win the race, but I think he went in there ready to race today. And I think that when you saw him not take the the lead in the pack, I was like, all right, CJ, CJ's a gamer today. Like he's he's ready to fight and he and he's ready to um he he he's got a little bit of a different strategy. So I support his strategy one hundred percent. You saw in the coverage all of like the creative ways that people were trying to prepare for the the heat of the marathon and you know, they show CJ and his I don't know, sauna box that he created with the heat lamps and his treadmill. It's like, this is out of control. It's the most CJ Albertson thing of all time. Um, yeah. We do, got, do, we got a peek. We got a, we got a sneak peek at the, uh, he calls it the chicken coop. We got to look at that a couple years ago when we had him on. We did. Yeah. Did you, speaking of, of this theme, not, not to bring it back to, to Clayton and, and uh, Connor, but did you hear the whole hat thing with uh, Clayton Young. No. Kind of interesting story here. So I actually had it written down on my napkin of notes that I call it the my journey. Kids, my kids were being absolute lunatics during the race, so I didn't get to listen to much of the coverage. So this this was a post-game okay. interview, yeah. So, um, But I just noticed he was always doing something different with his hat. He was turning around backwards. At one point, I saw him throw his hat. Wait, are we talking C.J. Albertson? No, no, no. Uh, Clayton Young. Oh, oh, okay, yes. And apparently what he was doing, so you have like a regulation size water bottle. So he had whatever that size is, and inside of that, he was putting an actual water bottle. So he was using less of the regulated size that he could and putting a smaller water bottle inside, freezing the water bottle, and he was like doing this like science experiment leading up to this where he was like, seeing okay if i have these frozen how long will it take until they're like liquid and i can actually drink them so he froze them like a certain amount of time before the race and in the extra space in between the full water bottle and what was actually his water bottle he was stuffing a hat inside of it so it was like if you can, if you can think about it like the full whatever circumference of the water bottle and then inside was a smaller water bottle with a hat wrapped around it so he's got a frozen hat so every and he did this with all his water bottles so every time he got a new water bottle he has ice cold water and a brand new frozen hat that he can put on his head 
Really? Yeah. Isn't that like that's That's cool. yeah, it's kind of wild. It's like a very and he like kept like pointing out he's like and, and just so you know, like this is within the regulations. Like I did like make sure that this was all all good to go. <laughs> you know what I mean? But it was like wow, like that just like and uh I did hear like before Connor Mance talking about how yeah, no, big time nerd. But Connor Mance has talked about before, he's like, you know, like I, me and Clayton look at the sport a little bit different, right? Like he is like the best at all of the little things and taking care of yourself. And he's always thinking about new innovative ways. He's like, that's not really how my brain works, but Clayton has made me better in that way. But like, that was a kind of an insight into the stuff that he's thinking about and the way that he views the sport. Uh, definitely insanely nerdy, uh, but kind of interesting at the same time. Yeah. Interesting. Well, and you know, we we were just talking about front runners and we we're talking about, you know, what happened if, if CJ Albertson went to the front and kind of, and kind of led, um, and, you know, we can kind of point to a case where that happened with, uh, with Zach, uh, panning. And, um, I, this is a big day for, for, for Zach. I think he's come, he he's come a really long way in the sport, similar to CJ in the in the past couple of years. He re, I believe he represented the U.S. at the at the World Championships, uh, last World Championships. Um, so it, I I he's he's kind of had a he's kind of that was I feel like kind of his big coming out party. Um, but I think a lot of people were ready to see him run fast, and and he put on a show, and he, you know, he kind of made the race for the first you know uh, twenty one miles. And I give Krim credit, all the credit in the world for being a, a hard-nosed runner and going after it and throwing out there. But we were talking during the race, and everybody who knows anything about the sport knew that it probably wasn't going to end well for Zach, right? Like, I don't, I don't know. Like, you look back at his race, and, I mean, he finished six. I mean, he ran a great time. He ran 2.10.50. You look back, it's like if you have the ability to that to do that, why 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 lead the race for for so long? Yeah. Just letting uh Mance and Young kind of lick their chops because you knew you knew it was gonna end that way. You knew that he had about max until mile twenty two to do this for, and you knew these guys were just relaxed, they were comfortable. They were happy to let him drag him through most of the race. I I don't know. I it, it it's it's hard to say because it's like you know if he doesn't do that, is he is he in the fight? Like does he have does he have the ability to get up there? Maybe that you know propelled him to a top ten finish. I don't know. I don't know. I I, I don't know how I, I I like I said. I don't want to take away any credit. Like he he ran a badass race, and it's something that he ran the way that we have been preaching about on this podcast since we started, we want to see people race. We want to see people fight, but in the marathon, that's a tough way to win a race. It's a tough way to get on the podium. It is, especially on that day in the heat. I mean, he almost did it though. I think he made it to like he almost didn't, mile. Though, Mike, he didn't almost. It was mile like 24 that he, that he fell off. Like he fell off with like two. No, he fell off. He just fell off. No, it off, was right? mile. It was like right before mile but 24. Clayton, because Clayton, he, the first time because Manson Young let him hang on, right? They could have taken that at any point right. in the last 10K and buried him. But so I think the, uh, the, right, like this, 
event is and the Olympic qualifiers in general are unique in the fact that being on the podium or whatever, making that top three isn't enough to make the Olympic team. You have to hit that standard and that is true. Did he did he have the standard? I don't he know. Didn't. If he didn't. He didn't. So that's why he Oh, the way okay. he did. Because Well, he then was like, I support it. hey, I support listen. it. Yeah, he's like, I'm gonna control my destiny, right? So I completely take back my takes. I completely take no, I'm dead serious. Cause <laughs> yeah. he he's with that time, he's he's 40 seconds off of not making the Olympics, even if he finished on the podium. Yeah, and it's like I take back my take. He he's saying like I can't rely on somebody else to make sure that we get us to this time. So I'm going to take matters in my own hands and I'm going to, I'm going to run the pace that I know needs to be done. Um, but to you, I mean, with your point in mind, especially on that day, on that course, in this race, it takes a perfect, perfect day to go from line to line, leading a marathon, doing all the work for everybody. And, Uh, yeah, he just couldn't quite hang. But it's one of those things where it's like, I text her, it's like, I almost, like, I, you have to feel a little bit bad for him. Like, we all know we all know that moment in the marathon all too well when it all falls apart. And it was just so clear when it happened, right? Like, you saw it happen in real time. That was just like, ah, oh, man. Because for a second, he was getting you thinking, Oh, maybe, maybe he's going to hang on long enough. And then, nope, the wheels fall off. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I, I retract my, I retract my previous statements. Great race, Zach. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Like, I, I, my, my, you know, I, 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 like we mentioned earlier, we're, uh, we got some ticking dime bombs in the next room. So we're going to probably, unless my, you got my, some takes, my ticking, you... my ticking time bomb is, uh, it's going off, but we're going to power through. All right. Well, here, we'll, I'm just going to, I'm going to we'll move over to the women's side. I do just want to kind of run through some names here. Friends of the program, uh, Reed Fisher, top 10 finish. Awesome race for him. Um, yeah, he ran, he ran a great race. Um, and that's some, we already talked about Galen, uh, Frank Lara, number 19, yep. top, top 20 finish for Frank. Um, let's see who else we got here. Uh, just get, just want to miss anybody. Chilimo Fomal. Chilimo falling off. That was a little bit of a bummer. Uh, Lou Seferini, uh, Serafini, sorry, yeah. uh, 35th. Big day for him. Um, yeah, a little bit of a bummer. I wanted to see Chilimo compete. It would have been fun to see him in the him in the mix. Um, but anyways, let's let's go ahead and let's move over to the women's race. Um I'm in a pick and pull and I nailed Fiona O'Keefe. So I just, I, 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 Mike has record of that. I <laughs> nailed the, I nailed the pick, um, as, as her being one of my top, top finishers coming into the trials, especially on the women's side. I think what you got to do is you got to look at, you got to look at the top, the top half marathon qualifiers. Cause I believe Fiona O'Keefe got in on a half marathon qualifying time. I can double check that. Yeah, she this was this was her marathon so, debut. Yeah, so you, so you gotta you gotta look at the top women half marathon qualifiers, and you gotta you gotta you gotta pick somebody from that because didn't wasn't Molly Seidel in the same situation 
last trials? Wasn't she a half I think marathon so, yeah. qualifier? I think so, so like you got to look for you. I feel like you got to look for for the up and comer in that half in that half marathon group. Somebody that that has relatively fresh legs, but has is showing talent in 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 the longer distances. And obviously, we saw that from from Fiona. Um, she ran a a great race, you know. And in a lot of ways, it was wire to wire. I mean, she was if she wasn't leading, she was in the top three the entire race until she she took off and, and took control of the race. So, I mean, incredible run from her. Any thoughts on, uh, on Fiona O'Keefe? Yeah. The, the way the, the women's race played out was a little bit different than the men's that, um, you know, there was the, the pack, there's a bigger pack for longer. Um, and there's a lot more kind of stars in the mix later in the race. Yeah. But I'd say the way that she ran was, we didn't talk about this quite, but I felt like Manson Young dominated that race from start to finish. They were just in control of the whole thing. And that's how it felt with O'Keefe. It was a very similar feeling where it was just like, I mean, I don't, I didn't know. I I didn't expect her to win this race, right? Like I was keeping my eyes on Sarah Hall and Sisson and kind of waiting for them to take over the race. But quietly, she was just dominating. And then it was like, as soon as they broke away, and it was clear, like, oh, my God, like a debut marathon to go win the trials and do it in the way that she did. It it was it was pure domination. She she was in command of that race from start to finish, even with some of these big names around her. Um, yeah. Yeah. No. And, and hopefully she's somebody that we're going to be able to see um, be competitive on the women's side for for a long time. Um, speaking of Molly said, I was bummed to see her kind of drop out a couple days before, uh, due to some injury. I think she's been, she's been battling injured for a while. So hopefully we, we get her back out there and back in the mix sometime soon. Um, Emily Sisson, number two, I think that this was a quietly one of the most impressive, I mean, not quietly, she finished second, but one of the more impressive finishes of the day because, it's one thing to have that pressure on you to be the top marathoner and, or be an Olympian and, and belong in this race. And then it's another thing to deliver on the day. Um, she got beat by somebody who had a, an awesome day. She was able to hold on for second place, but um, she had a ton of pressure coming into this, into this race and, and she delivered. So happy for happily happy for Emily. Yeah. I mean, it- I'm a big Emily Sisson fan. Obviously, we kind of have the the local connection. Even um, though she's been dodging the pod for years. She has been dodging the pod. Uh, you know, it, it seemed like she was grinding the entire way, right? Like, it, yes, it never she never really seemed comfortable. And I that's was, why I think it's 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 so I think that's why I'm so impressed with her day. Like hundred percent, she didn't she didn't like you said she didn't look comfortable. She didn't look like she had her best stuff, but she was still able to get on the podium. Yeah, I was kind of like waiting for the drop off. Like it just felt like it was coming, and and then it never did. Um, so that was a huge race for her. Um, it it was kind of like the opposite of of uh sarah hall right like i felt like sarah hall looked great the entire time and it felt like okay this is her day like sarah hall's got it and then it just felt like in the blink of an eye i was like oh it's over right it's done um 
So it's the marathon is the weirdest thing in the world where something like that can happen, where somebody like Emily Sisson were kind of expecting it. Oh God, what, when, when's the when's the moment coming for? Her? And it never did. And I I think when you go into the there goes my coffee machine. When you go into the the uh, Olympics, who are you putting as the favorite for USA? Are you is it O'Keefe coming off of her win? Or are you giving it to, to Sisson still? I think that's a hard one, right? It's like, O'Keefe just beat her. How could you call anybody else the favorite going into it? Yeah. It almost feels like Emily Sisson still has to be the favorite going into if I the had to pick, If I had to pick one to finish higher at the Olympics, if I'm putting money on it, yeah. I'm probably picking Sisson. Right. And I think, again, that has a lot to do with like laboring into a, a second-place finish. If she does have her day, what does that look like? Yeah. Uh, Dakota uh, Lindworm, um, another young up-and-comer. What'd you say? Wild story. Like I, I D two walk on, yep. like out of nowhere, and, and so she's teammates with O'Keefe. Is that right? They, uh, they're, they they're, no, they they just have the same sponsor. Oh, okay. They're different training teams. I think I she's okay. Minnesota distance something or other. Okay, Minnesota distance elite. But that's the thing about the marathon, Mike, is like, you know, you I'm sure there's there's people out there that similar situation where they, um, you know, walk on and then they, you know, they they have a fine college career, but nothing impressive. And then they start running the marathon and they take off. I mean, I see it. I see it all the time. The other direction, right, where I I, I train with guys that absolutely destroy me in in the marathon. But anything under half marathon, they right. they can't they just I I they're in, I'm in a different league than them, right? And it's like so it, it kind of goes the other, it can go both ways. Yep. Yeah, and it's like you, everyone knows that person in their life who, whether it's the five k or the marathon, their race pace is pretty much the exact same, right? Yeah. Some people are just built built for the marathon. Um, but again, like with the star studded cast that you're seeing with a woman and i remember that first half of the marathon you look around and it's like man this is a really good field and then to have kind of that unexpected like who is this everyone's kind of like doing their google searches you know in the last uh, including myself i'm trying to I, you know i didn't know much about her um but very very cool story um and you know i think all in all we're sending a pretty good team to, to the Olympics. Um, there was some, some big misses I would say, but it's a good team. It's an exciting team. It's fun. And this is kind of the stage where you make a name for yourself. You put yourself on the map and she took advantage of that situation. She's going to be an Olympian. So that's, that's wild. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, uh, Jess uh, McLean. So she came across the finish line, unsponsored athlete, I was like, who the heck is Jess yeah. McLean? And then I, I, they zoom in on her, and I'm like, McLean's her married name. It's Jess Ton, yeah. who was a Brooks beast back in the day, and she disappeared from the sport. Like, she was kind of a young up-and-comer. I remember I was working at Brooks at the time. We signed her. Everybody was excited about her. She ran for the beast for a couple years and then just disappeared. And out of nowhere, she comes, you know, closing – uh, for fourth in the in the in the Olympic trials marathon, just reintroducing herself to the sport. So 
Um, awesome race from, uh, from, from Jess. Any, any thoughts on, 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 uh, Jess McLean, formerly Jess Ton? It, it'll just never get old. The story of being fourth in an Olympic yeah. trials, right? It's just like, no matter what, it's heartbreaking. And she was, I think like within 10 seconds, um, of Dakota and, Again, when it's like you hear the background of the story and kind of like getting herself back into it and being that close to having your moment, right? Like we would have been sitting here spending all this time talking about her story. And now it's like, oh, God, it's cool. It's a great story, but you're you're that close. It's like, I, I don't know how I would react if I was in that that uh situation 10 seconds away from being olympian 10 seconds away from your from your dream but i guess it's one of those things where it's like you know modern career was that last year and you gotta take advantage of the next opportunity to make it happen i don't know maybe next year we're we're looking at uh jess finishing that story but uh but yeah it just sucks it's like it, it'll never get old hearing hearing those stories yeah and i i do think it's a little different for her where um you know, it's it, it's certainly bittersweet being last off the podium at the trials, but where this was her comeback and she's right. reintroducing herself to the sport and now she's a, a major player in the marathon. I, I think I think you get a little bit more satisfaction out of that than a lot of fourth place finishes at the trials. Yeah, that's true. That's true. We already talked a little bit about Sarah Hall. She was in it the whole race. It just wasn't her day and that's the thing about the marathon if you're just a little off um it's very easy to 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 kind of fall off that podium and, and not make the olympic team but still i think a great day for for sarah hall yeah and how can you not root for sarah hall right it's like another great story she's been crushing it for the last couple of years she's somebody who it's like i really would have loved to see on the team and uh but a great race. I mean, she's very consistent. She's always putting herself in the mix. It just, it kind of, like I said, the wheels kind of fell off. She stuck it out to the end, but it just, yeah, w- once it was over for her, it just felt like, oh, there it is. There's there's that moment where it's not going to happen for her. Yeah. Uh, Kind of looking down, oh, uh, you know, arguably the, uh, you know, my favorite storyline of the, of of the women's side is uh McKenna Myler finishing yeah. seventh. She, she had this, you know, she barely snuck into the trials. Um, you know, she, you know, coming off her having a, having a, a second child and just kind of getting into shape and, and getting in shape enough to qualify for the trials. And she came out here, had an incredible day. It was fun watching her in that, that front pack. There was even a moment there where it was like, I think McKenna could do this. So uh, awesome, awesome race from her um, and seeing her in the top 10 is pretty, pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, that's the fun thing about the ticker, right? Is like all of a sudden you can see a name emerge in the ticker and it's like, whoa, okay, what's this about? And they have the little like uh, arrows that indicate like, are they moving up or are they moving down? You'll get the little green arrow. And when you get a name that like you... uh is is exciting to you someone you root for and they got the little green arrow moving up it's yeah. like okay here we go here we go maybe maybe there's something there maybe we can make something happen just when you think desi's kind of done with the I sport know. she just 
she just keeps coming back. Like I don't, I didn't, I didn't see an eleventh place finish coming. No, from that's what yeah. I'm. I'm looking through my list here too, and it was like, I just, I wasn't. You know, there was so much other going on that I didn't even really pay attention to Desi. I didn't. I, you know, there there wasn't. She wasn't up with that front group. You, you know, it wasn't the. But it's like an eleventh place finish for Desi. Like that's a great finish. She yeah. she. I swear, for it's the... resume worthy, and on a, on a and a resume as great as hers, that's a resume worthy finish. Hundred percent, and clearly because we we didn't see much of her, she probably ran a real smart race and she did what she had to do, and yeah, it just she's just one of those people who, for the next like decade, she could probably just keep showing up and like running like solid marathons for the rest. She'll of be her the life. next like Joan Benoit Samuels, yeah, where Joan Benoit Samuels is like as of like a couple years ago, still breaking three in the marathon. That would be Desi. She could just, you know, For lace sure. them up and, and get out there and, and, and run a badass marathon whenever she wants. Yep. Um, uh, kind of skimming through here, uh, friend of the program by, uh, kind of, uh, uh, Molly Grable ran a great race. She dates, uh, Morgan Caldwell. Oh, triathlete. yes, 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 yes. Um, so you know, kind of a, a little bit of a, of a, of a connection there to the podcast uh scrolling through let me see if i'm missing I think some very very notable dnfs yes unfortunately um, nell uh, nell rojas she was yeah. in the mix and that i think that's a case where she just went after it right she uh i think she she said i think she she got in the mindset where she was like I'm either making the Olympic team or I'm ending up in a stretcher. You know yep. what I mean? And that's just the type of runner she is. So I think you look at that, see DNF, it doesn't tell the whole story. She was in the mix. She was there for the fight. Um, so, it, it, uh, uh, you know, a little bit of a little, you know, definitely sad to see her go down, but, uh, you know, you know, definitely proud of the fight. And then Kara uh, Diamato. Yes, um, another big one. Another huge one. Probably right? the favorite coming in. Yeah, that's a, a massive DNF. Um, yeah. So, again, it's like we talk about the stacked fields and we're talking about all those people up front, and it's like, well, those are two pretty big names that that didn't even make it past mile, mile 20. Bummed to see uh, the Amada drop out. Um, but that's just kind of the that's the marathon for you, and especially when you get these these warmer conditions, you know, you had people out there dropping like flies. Um, let's see, anything else? Any any other before we kind of wrap it up here? Any other performances that you wanted to to touch on before we kind of move on? No, I don't think so. I I think we had oh. all. I I got a couple of my little random notes here that we can. Well, I guess we covered all of them except for one, but. You, look um, like you just discovered one. I did. I did. Did you see? Uh, I mean, kind of bringing it full circle here. Did you see um, uh, Connor Mance's Strava post? What he, yeah. how he posted with no. the uh, how? He, uh, let me pull it up here. So he posted his Strava post is just so it's you know twenty six you know point four miles uh, two two hour uh, nine minute marathon and it's just titled Morning Run with Clayton. Yeah, I can't see it there, but it's just that's, so that's just the great. title of the post is "Morning Run with Clayton," and I was like, "That's that's badass." Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> uh, 
did you see the picture uh, at the finish line of uh of of Rupp just blowing his guts out? Oh no. <laughs> that's it. That's uh <laughs> I was like, so looking through the all the end, pictures, the end of an I era. think that's the that's the picture of the trials. I think it's just it's a it's a great picture. That is an um, end of an era for Galen. Yeah. So um, the I alluded to this earlier, Steve, but one of the uh the like cutbacks from commercials in like my like 22 or 23, I think like shortly after um, Clayton took the lead from uh, panning. They're like, we got to show you this moment. And they came back and this did this whole slow motion thing. And they're like, check out this. And at one point Clayton turns back and looks at Connor and they just have this like quick, like sloppy high five, and they show the high five a couple times in slow motion. And it was like, you know, they built it up like, you know, they cut back from a commercial break when they show like in in a in a football game somebody like toe tapping on the sidelines and making some questions, <laughs> and they show it in all different angles. And we're showing this like sloppy, crappy high five in slow motion like a hundred times. It was like, yeah, it was a nice moment, right? It was like, oh, God. it was our, clear that was our the sport moment. is the worst. Yeah, it was clear that this was the moment <laughs> that they realized, hey, we're going to the Olympics together. But yeah, still, it's like. Cool. <laughs> it was it was so ridiculous. Yeah, that's that's too bad. Um, how much time you got? Because I got one more topic I would like to touch on here, Mike. Not much, but let's let's hit it. Let's hit it quick. Okay. What? So in so I have the uh, prize money for first place finish in 1996. What do you think it was? Oh God. 1996 for winning, for, for winning the Olympic trials. Let's say, uh, let's call it, let's call it, I don't know, 10 grand. $100,000. $100,000. 1996. What did Connor Mance take home on, what did they run on? Saturday. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to go on and say a hundred, hundred thousand. Took home $80,000. Oh my God. <laughs> That's brutal. It is brutal. That's brutal. It, it I mean, brutal. it's a nice little paycheck, nice little bonus, but in this economy, dude, how how has the sport gone almost thirty years, and you're paying the winner less? Less, yeah. It's so bad. It is and you so said that, you bad. said there was a fifteen thousand dollar difference between first and second. So that's... yeah, so yeah, so it's sixty five. So the winner, the winner took home. So it went eighty. 65, 55, 25, 20, 15, 13, 11, 9, 7. Can you imagine finishing 10th at the U.S. Olympic trials and getting a check for $7,000? Yeah. And, and taxes take half of that. So your work at the trials for finishing top 10, you pocket $3,600. That is disgusting. Yeah. It is disgusting. Do you think? Uh, do you think Connor and Clayton are splitting that uh, that fifteen thousand dollar difference? They better. Yeah. <laughs> what they should have done. What they should have done. Like it, it, what I when they realized that they were gonna go one two, they say, okay, one of us gets the fifteen thousand dollars, the other gets the win. You can't have both, right? That's Would that have deal. been a fair split? Like that's a good do deal. Do you want the money, or do you want the, or do you want the the medal? 
right? I think that that should have been that's a good that deal. Been a, that should have like been that. the split. Maybe they did that. Maybe that's why Clayton gave it to him. He said, "All right, you you get the medal. I get, you know, I got a bunch of kids at home. I need the I need the fifteen grand." <laughs> I love it. So, alrighty, I I've been listening to to Joel scream in the last room for thirty uh, minutes. He's like, "All right, well, let's uh, let's hey, just give me Look give me the busy. belt." Give me the bell real quick. Give me the bell because we can't have yeah, a podcast. Let's do it. We don't need a bell app. Do we need? Do you want to do a bell? Let's hey, do it quick. Let's, let's do it quick. Let's let's kick off the bell app. Mike, what do you got for people on the bell app? See, we, we could we could spend the next forty minutes talking about this, but let's just keep it short, sweet. I think we both have the same one. I said this to you last night. The o, I I was talking to my dad a few days ago, and I said to him, "Listen, Theo Epstein saved the Red Sox for your kids, and now he's he's back to save the Red Sox for our kids." I think that's all we need to say. I have in my lifetime, I have never been lower on a team in an off season than I have been about the Red Sox over the past couple months. And with one headline, it's all melted away. All back. Theo's back. The Red Sox are back. Warm up, warm up the duck boats, Mike. Warm up the duck boats. So Let's do it. On that, I would have run faster, but I peaked too early. Mike, hit me with the Joes. Joes on a vacation far away. Come around and talk it over. So many things that I want to say. You know I like my girls a little bit older. I just want to use your love tonight. I don't want to lose your love Use your love tonight.